0: so today we're going to talk about application
1: then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free do you believe in life after addiction you better believe it now the host of life after addiction
0: It's called the Chitty Shuffle right here. Come on. Oh, if you don't know, if you're just listening, we were just shaking our arm because in one of our uh, commercial videos that Chitty shot, that's what he did, and I made fun of him, and it was great. But, hey, welcome back to Life After Addiction. This is episode 41, I do declare. Big 4-1. Come on. Big 4-1. Getting up there, baby. Getting up there. So one of the things that – I try not to do, but it's just we have to this week. If you haven't listened to the freedom episode from last mm. week, man, it was it was. We felt like it was good, and maybe it just translates in this room. But we, I was crying. We were, Kitty cr- Carl was crying. It was an amazing episode, man. The spirit of God just was present in our conversation, and so I don't know. Go back and watch that one. You know, I don't want to like. Too much craziness and i'm I'm imagining we're probably getting close to a um a commercial here in just a minute, but go back and
2: <laughs> yeah i w- I would say the thickness of the spirit was definitely felt through that microphone, man yeah it was when the spirit moves in here in such a mighty way it's man it's so powerful, and I pray to God that that translates, and I know it will, um, but yeah, that was just from start to finish, man, the lord's presence was just upon us, and we were. Remembering in those moments just how dark it was prior to finding freedom in Christ, and yeah. it just like overcame us with emotion. Like, thank you, yeah, Lord, man. for where I am today. Because I said it on the episode, I can become so ungrateful and just yeah. forget how dark and lost I really was.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so today we're gonna talk about application and applying God's word in your life, and and just we just want to we want to share examples of how we do that. And I don't know, we're just trying to be helpful. And, and again, this is for everyone, not just people who have struggled or struggling with addiction. This is for anyone who believes. And so, uh, before we dive in, I'm going to have a quick word from our sponsors. And we're back, we're back, welcome back uh, We had a quick commercial break And if you're watching, we just did Paper, Rock, Scissors, and Chitty Cheated And Beat Me Again uh, But yeah, I'm excited about this episode I think one of the things that we got feedback on um, From last week's episode And talking about it Is if you if you watched it on YouTube last week On our first commercial break We actually showed our um, Our new promotion video for uh, S2L and what we were told is like, hey man, it, it's a shame that the listeners, uh, just the people that listen to the podcast, didn't get to see it or hear it. And so we're like, you know what? We'll we'll make remedy of that. Uh, and so we're gonna play it right now. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you watched it last week. Bear with us. We're gonna play it again, uh, and uh, so the people that are just listening can hear the audio. Yeah. We thought it was pretty cool, and it really describes who we are, and, and to kind of set it up. Uh, we've been on the news a few times over the years. And so we have like news anchors talking about us and then separate people talking about their stories and stuff. But yeah, just give it a listen. Tell us what you think.
3: Religious based rehabs are changing lives.
1: One Tennessee recovery center it becomes one of the first to combine its Christ-centered program with medicine to gain a state license.
3: You can't throw out one or the other.
1: They became one of the only programs of its kind they are able to accept insurance.
3: S2L
0: Recovery is one of only a handful of these centers in the country. The truth doesn't change and we're not going to sacrifice the truth.
2: Adam Comer is the pastor and CEO of S2L Recovery, the state's first licensed faith-based recovery center. He's also battled his own opioid addiction.
0: I was just buying drugs and stealing things and getting cash advances.
3: I had overdosed four times within 30 days. I have been to multiple rehabs.
2: We found out my son was addicted. I overdosed on heroin in a friend's backyard.
1: That's a terrible way to feel, and I don't want to feel that way no more. Sobriety and freedom are two different things.
2: But who the sun sets free is free indeed, and that's what we stand on, the truths and promises of the word of God.
0: Yeah, baby. Ooh. And so there's about another 30, 40 seconds left of the, uh, of the video, but it's really it's just slates coming up and b-roll of our facilities talking about you know some different things, stats and data about what we do. Uh, So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. S2L Studio is the um, YouTube tag. S2L Studio, it's up on that. But uh, yeah, and if you're watching, you got to watch some of it again. That's great. Uh, Man, we're fired up. Uh, I mean, that's the truths and promises of the Word of God. That's what we stand on. Come on. That's what we stand on. Lead us in.
2: Yeah, so going into that same note, you know, the truths and promises of the Word of God. Um, I feel like oftentimes... Scripture can just become, you know, these churchy phrases that we say and we yeah. know in our heads, but applying them to our lives is where oftentimes we miss the mark, is applying what God's word says to our lives. And so I want to build the foundation on James 1, 22 through 25 for this episode of application. Um, and it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. And I think that just encompasses everything that we're going to talk about and discusses the importance of applying scripture to our daily lives. It's so easy to forget the promises of God. It's so easy to forget who I am in Christ. We have so many responsibilities and obligations and bills and kids and wives and this, that and the other, and everything's trying to to distract us um, and get our attention, you know, and so applying God's word is essential because it provides us with hope. It provides us with peace. It provides us with direction. It provides us with clarity, with joy, with love, with all the fruits of the spirit. And apart from God's word being active in our lives, man, I would succumb to my own thoughts. I would succumb to my own emotions. I would take the reins of life back and once again, try and be my own God. So applying scripture is so important and it's fundamental to us walking in that freedom that the Bible discusses.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, just to just kind of, Illustrate why this is so important, and, and the foundation. And you can go to our website as well, and, and we have um, our non-negotiables, yep. and it lists scripture that we're not we're going to stand on this, and no matter what. Uh, and the importance is is one because it's 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 sharper than any two-edged sword. It's alive. It's it does things. It's the word of God. You want to know God? I wish God would speak to me. He has right, but it's also it's the absolute standard of truth. Man, and that's any kind of anytime you talk about absolutes, it really ruffles feathers. And I mean, I, I just feel as as a a way of consistency and how I do life, and even when I'm I'm just talking with uh, nonbelievers, atheists, agnostics, or, or anything like that, it's like okay, we can have similar worldviews and what's right or wrong, and we should not do this, you shall do this. Uh, like murder, for example. Yeah. Um, but then it starts to get gray when you become your own god, right? And and well, you shouldn't kill someone. Well, what about the little human in the and still in the womb? That well, oh, that's okay. And so when I start engaging, and I don't believe that I'm right. saying that's what the argument would be. And so unless you have an absolute standard of truth to guide these things, when I'm engaging in these conversations and they try to tell me absolutes back, my response, and I've heard that my response is by what standard? Yeah. What's your standard of this? Who says? Who, who gets to make these, these rules and you can go here, but you can't go here? And when you engage with them, it really just, and, and I'm not speaking aggressively, but it really shatters and pokes holes and it sinks their worldview. Because, I mean, there's no answer that they can come up with unless you have an absolute standard of truth. Because today it's like, my truth's my truth, man. I live the way I want. But that's chaos. And if you really rolled out their wor- worldview, they wouldn't agree with it. Right. Well, no. Society should be able to make it's society that sets the standard. What well, word? So was Nazi Germany okay? Because that society said that it was okay to kill Jews because they were less than human in their eyes, and their society believed that. So is that is by your standard that's okay in history? No. Everyone agrees that that was an atrocity. And so you see how the worldview, if you don't have an absolute standard of truth, then you just ask, by what standard? And so what we're saying is, this is our absolute standard of truth. Everything we do is filtered through this. Now, this episode, how do you apply it to your life? Mm. Right? How do you do that? And... I mean, do you have some examples you want to talk about? I do.
2: Um, The first one is a common verse, um, and most people know it, but applying it is is a lot more difficult um, than just knowing the verse in our heads. And it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding, and always acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. So when reading this, you know, and t- discussing application, I was thinking, like, what does it look like for me personally to not lean on my own understanding, but to trust the Lord and acknowledge him in always and allow him to make straight my paths? And f- something for me that I struggle in an area in which I struggle trusting the Lord over these last few years, my family's been going through difficult situations. Yeah. Um, it's personal stuff, but they've been going through some really difficult situations and it's been tough on me. I'm not going to lie. Um, in fact, you know, this past year for the majority of that year, Ryan's plans, right. Was to be done with the ministry and move back home and try and reconcile and, you know, fix some things that have been going on in my family. Once I graduated school. Now I knew spiritually, I could discern, Through prayer, through the reading of his word, through brothers that God surrounded me with that, man, that's not what God was calling me to do. It's me trying to be God and go and fix things. Now, while there's righteous intentions behind it and it seems commendable, um, man, if I were to just act off of purely how I felt and what I think I should do and not acknowledged him in all my ways and allowed him to make straight my paths. I would have made a permanent decision based off temporary emotions. Now, as my heart with my family, do I desire things to be restored and reconciled in certain ways? Absolutely. But I also know in my spirit that, man, God has not called me out of here yet. So part of trusting him was like, man, I've got to trust the Lord yeah. with my family. And that's one of the most difficult Things that we struggle to do is trusting him with our wives, trusting him with our kids, trusting him with our finances, trusting him with our jobs, trusting him in all sorts and and forms and fashions in life. Um, But I want to challenge whoever's watching or listening to this. Do an assessment of your heart and really. Try and discern what, what area in your life are you struggling to trust the Lord? Because we can say, yeah, trust in the Lord with all my heart, lean not on my own understanding, but in always acknowledge Him. What does that look like for you personally? What are some areas in which you are clinging to control that you're refusing to relinquish that control because they are undoubtedly hindering you from diving deeper and, and having that intimate relationship with God because I'm trying to play God in
0: some areas? That's so good, man. And, and, Let's let's do this. Let's take a quick uh, our next quick commercial break, and then I want to talk about your example, and then I want to give an example. And so stay tuned for a quick commercial break from a word from our sponsors.
1: Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. And we're back.
0: We're back. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> okay, we, we we're we're back. We're back. Hey, thank you so much for staying with us. Uh, and so, Carl, I'm going to get you in here in just a second too, but I want to um, read your verse again.
2: Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, but in all ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Yeah.
0: And I mean, even just talking about yours for a second, even inside of his verse, um, talking about our absolute standard of truth and what you get nowadays and how it falls apart if you try to take it away and make it your own truth. Uh, what you're going to get in most recovery facilities talking about the 12 steps. And one of those steps is that you surrendered your, and you could pull it up. I don't even know the steps in order anymore. That's how far removed I'm from. them. I and I've gone to hundreds of NANA meetings, hundreds. I mean, I want to say thousands, but I'm trying to be integ- honest and I don't know that that would add up, but hundreds is real. Yeah. You're going to hear one of the steps that says, you're going to pull it up for me. It says that you surrender your will and your life over to a God of your own understanding. <laughs> and that's what got me into rehab in the first place. Amen. Is that I was trying to follow a God of my own understanding, and who that was was Adam. Yes, that makes me God. That makes me God. And what the Bible just said, the absolute standard of truth is lean not on your own understanding. I can't see it. Which 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 step is that? You've surrendered your life to a God of your own understanding. Anyways, it's too small for me to read. Yeah, three. Lives over to the care of a God of your own understanding as you understood him. Mm. No, no, no. Lean not on your own understanding, right? And God will make straight your paths. Yeah. And so even inside of that, that's what I mean. There's gotta be there's gotta be an absolute standard of truth. Otherwise there is no truth. There's none. Mm. That's the definition. And so we lean heavy on this. And so an example that I'll give and it's not the scripture I'm going to use but just and it's kind of funny and not, I mean not funny it's real it's real life practical um, application of scripture and what how it what it did in my life and so man when I first became a believer um, and really started to want to chase after God I went and I heard a sermon about tithing and I'm just like, all right man come on and, I, and I'll tell you on this side of things, no pastor wants to preach on tithing, but obedient pastors do. Mm. Uh, and here's what the command is. Tithe is literally 10%, a tenth. And you're supposed to give 10% to the church. And again, I'm not talking to you about get tithing to S2L because what, if you give to S2L, you're sowing in some really good soil, really good soil. But that's an offering. The tithe goes to your local church, the body that you're a part of. That's your tithe. What you give, anything above that is an offering, and we welcome offerings. But not, do not let this be your tithe here. And man, I heard that had a bad taste in my mouth early on. She's like, man, come on. And honestly, when I first started with S Two L, I was making fifty dollars a week uh, and driving really far. And so tithing, adding ten percent of our money. Uh, on top of bills and gas and food and everything else, trying to have a f- my wife just having to live, man, tithing was not on our list. It's like, yeah, I think you probably should, but we just can't. And I heard something in scripture where God talks about uh, test me. It's the only thing I've ever heard God talk about testing him, mm. about bringing your tithe to the to the house and test me and watch what happens. About the windows of heaven. And I was like, okay. And I didn't it wasn't because oh look what I'll get. It was because God's commanding us to do this. And why is it? God doesn't need our money. God has our money. He'd do whatever he wants. If 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 God deemed that you're a trillionaire tomorrow, guess what? Something will happen. You're a trillionaire tomorrow. If you're a trillionaire today and God deemed that you were poor tomorrow, your money's gone. God don't need our money. But he talks about the treasure. Where your treasure is, there also will be your heart. It doesn't say where your heart is, there will be your treasure. Where your treasure is, there also will be your heart. And so it's an obedience thing. An application. When I was like, okay, fine. Me and my wife were just like, okay. All right, God. We're going to be obedient in this. And I don't know how we're going to pay our electric bill this month, but we're going to tithe. And I'm telling you, and this is not a check in the mailbox kind of just believe, just give to your church and you're going to get rich. None of that. But from my own story, obedient to God in that, and literally, (laughs) literally, a check showed up that week or that month in our mailbox from people from high school that I hadn't talked to in forever but caught wind of what Katie and I were doing in ministry, and it was for the exact amount almost for our um, electric bill. Another Mm -hmm. time, another example, and and I've shared this publicly on on social media is, man, our car broke down. We only had one. And we had two, but one was so bad it was just my wife was using it because she, we were, she was working at the apartment complexes where we lived and she only had to walk to work. So our car that worked broke down and we couldn't afford to fix it and didn't know what was going to happen and just and sharing that in our small group. And Brian Thomas from uh, Williamson College that we've heard us talk about before, man, just seeking prayer. We weren't asking, hey, help us. We were just like, hey, we're just in a tight spot. We're trusting God in this. Brian and his wife Christy, man, they sent us a check for the exact amount they took to fix our car that, that week.
2: Wow, that's amazing. And I
0: mean, over and over and what I learned was it wasn't just like, oh, things are happening. It was like I learned to trust God because pre pre giving my life to Christ, I worshiped money. Money money was a God. I even told my wife when we were about to get married, I was like, by the time I'm 30, we'll be millionaires. And I believed it, and she believed she probably believed me. And I mean, we're, I'm almost 40 next month and we're nowhere near it, <laughs> but she's still with me. That's right. Um, so, I mean, it just, it started, it showed me who God was and that my trust, that, that God is my Jehovah Jireh. Amen. He's my provider, not the almighty dollar, right? That he's my provider. And so I wouldn't have gotten there unless I was obedient in application to what tithing is. And I know Amen. that was a long story. Not. I didn't even plan to talk about tithing in this. But that's interesting, right?
2: Amen. Amen. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna share another verse um, that that I think a lot of us as Christians and Christ followers struggle to apply, myself included, and I'll share in my struggle uh, with it. It's Ephesians 4:32, and it says, Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And forgiveness. Can be very difficult, even for the Christian, even for the believer, even for the Christ follower. Um, And I think oftentimes pride gets in the way of that. And what I don't realize is how how poisonous unforgiveness is, because what I'm doing in a sense is I'm playing God. I am deciding how you deserve to be treated um, the way you deserve to be treated when I decide to treat you better. Um, And it plagues our own hearts and it causes us to build resentments, remorse or uh, resentments, anger, frustrations. It, It causes us to be judgmental. It does so many things that are counterproductive to loving others. You know, and Paul said the two greatest commandments are love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart and spirit and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I'm not saying go into a toxic environment and be friends with all these people because we're supposed to love them, even though I know it's not fruitfully uh, beneficial for me. But I'm saying, man, we've got to be praying for those in which we struggle with, praying for those who betray us, praying for those who lie to us, praying for those people that we struggle with loving. I know for my flesh. Praying for somebody that that I struggle with is not at the top of my list. Yeah. That's just me being honest. It's not. But I have to make um, a conscious effort each and every single morning that those in which I'm struggling to forgive, those in which who have uh, done me wrong, that I make a conscious effort to pray for them. And it's not only just for them, but it's for my spiritual health as well because it, it affects us. When we hold on to anger and resentment, we begin to make uh, decisions based off of those emotions And it causes my my intimacy with God even to be at a distance, you know. Um, So I think that's so important for us to forgive one another and be praying for them and proactive in that forgiveness.
0: Yeah, yeah. And before someone emails us in response to my tithing discussion about how tithing was in the Old Testament, one, I disagree with you. Two, man, this is an example of how that – God showed me something through tithing, so let that be. I don't want to get into a theological debate about how you feel tithing is, is over with. Anyways, another thing, I want to read this scripture in Ephesians chapter 5 and then talk about application. And this is verse 11 through 17, so bear with me. But, man, I'll never apologize for reading scripture because mm-hmm. it is the truth. <laughs> Anyways, here we go. Verse 11, chapter 5, Ephesians. <clears throat> have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, application, expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything's, everything visible. This is why it said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Mm. <clears throat> Application. Exposing darkness. That's what confession and repentance is. Exposing things, what you think, dragging secret sin from the darkness into the light and darkness has to flee. That is the scariest yet most freeing mm. thing you can ever do is dragging yeah. secret sin into the light. Darkness has to flee when light exposes it. And how do you do that, man? You And I can give another example, but we're kind of running towards the back end. I remember once in the program feeling led, feeling convicted that I should call my father-in-law and confess something that I stole from him and that was the scariest thing i think i've even talked about it on this yeah. podcast it was the scariest thing in the world for me to do because at that moment my re, my marriage was being restored this is my wife's father my marriage was being restored everything was moving in the right direction and all of a sudden only th- only i did something that only god and i knew and i felt god was saying i should confess that and man it was the scariest thing in the world in my head it was you're going to ruin everything your wife's going to leave you're not right you will be surprised how much comes at you, how many lies, how many arrows comes at you when you decide to be a righteous person and make a righteous decision. And then when I did it, it was like, huh, that wasn't that bad. And, man, the enemy had to change his ammo now. How freeing is that? Amen. When you drag sin from the dark to the light, the enemy can't call me. A, he can't shoot that at me anymore. I'm like, oh, you're a thief. And I like, yeah, I, I repented to God, and I just called the guy I stole it from and told him about it. Change your weapon. You know what I mean? Mm. That's practical. So drag it into the light. And then, I mean, the, the last part of this is like, do not be foolish, but be wise. Don't be foolish, but be, be wise. Well, how are you wise? The wisest, the way that you can have the most educated, the way that you could be the most wise about a subject is if you study the facts of the subject, right? If you are, a, if you are an expert in the field of addiction, then you've studied addiction. But when I say that you know the facts of something, that also could be you know the truth of something. And so if for you to be wise, you need to start being in what we just declared for the first 10 minutes. You need to be studying the absolute standard of truth. Otherwise, you will be foolish. How do you know? Well, what did God say about this matter? Now, God doesn't say... Um, specifics about like, oh, should I date Sarah or should I, you know, there's, but there's principles, biblical principles that you can run everything through. And if you've made a decision or you're about to make a decision and you haven't sought the Lord through prayer, through his word and the people that God's put in your life, if you haven't done that, then you're being foolish. You're being foolish on what you're doing. Be wise. Don't be a fool. Live this life, man, Focused on the absolute standard of truth.
2: Amen, Carl. You got something for us?
3: Um, I mean, the the trust thing is is just something that's been so important yeah. to me in my life because I hear I hear you talk about you know your plans and your timing on stuff. I heard you talking about trusting God with provision, yeah. trusting God that His word is truth, um, and the rest of that Proverbs three five it says, um, "Lean not on your own understanding." In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And then it says, um, Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Be not wise in your own eyes, it says. Um, and the things that God says are wise are so opposite what I used to think was wise. Mm-hmm. You want me to call this guy and tell him I just stole all that stuff from him? That seems foolish. You want me to just take my hands off the situation with my family right now and trust God that he's going to take care of it, even though I'm not there? That seems foolish to the world. However, we don't listen to the world anymore as believers. And we really do. We, we try to acknowledge him in in all of our ways and and we trust that he's going to make our paths straight. He hasn't let us down yet, man. He hasn't let us down yet. And he's never going to. Um, My mind says the opposite. The world says the opposite, but the spirit of God inside of us says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, you know? And so um, that's just really important. The trust thing for me has been something that's, I've been challenged with a lot. And uh, just hearing the practical applications on how we trust in God is its necessary for anybody.
0: Yeah.
2: It's a simple concept, but like it's very difficult to do. And we discussed it a couple of episodes ago about denying yourself, picking up your cross and following him. Training in righteousness. That's what, yeah, training in righteousness episode. That's what trusting in the Lord looks like. Continuous self-denial and submission and reverence to the Lord as king. Yeah. I have some good ideas. We joke about it here, right? My best ideas got me to rehab. That was like my wisest, my just greatest idea, my plans of deceit and all all these, uh, a way that I pictured in my head, I could still engage in my flesh and do what I wanted to be my own God, but it would still turn out good. My best ideas landed me right here at S2L Recovery and rehab.
0: (laughs) And before, if you didn't see last week, and you hear things like "die to yourself" and "your will," man, that 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 it seems like from the world's perspective, from the world's economy. And I don't want to preach the whole thing we did last week, but if if that seems to you like that doesn't sound very fun, I don't die, die to myself. I know. Well, that's that's one. That's our sin nature that's trying to elevate us to like. God's status, and it's all about me, and I don't, it doesn't sound fun. But two, if you go back and listen, when I did that, when you will, if you will do that, if you will apply these things and die to yourself, and you surrender your will to God and operate inside of His will, it is the most freedom you could ever have. It really is, and I don't want to go back into it, but erase that thought of I, 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 and trust if you haven't. If you... Don't trust us. Trust God's word. But we're sitting here telling you that this is something that we do, and we haven't done it perfect, and we have a long way to go to continue this and grow in this. But it is freedom. Hmm. It's so amazing. It's so beautiful. And apply these things to your life. Hmm. Close us out.
2: Now, I was going to say the most joyful, peaceful, loving, strong, um, just courageous version of Ryan is Ryan in Christ. There is no greater life. I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. We discuss that and proclaim it all the time. Because there is nothing more satisfying than knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's nothing that can hold a candle to knowing Christ as your Lord and Savior. We don't just say this because it sounds good. We say it because it's true. Like, it is true in every way, shape, and form, man. I've never experienced joy like the joy of the Lord. Never in my entire life. I've never experienced peace and love and forgiveness and strength and just discipline. And I could go on and on. I've never experienced those things until Christ was in me.
0: And that's life. Come on
1: life after addiction is a production of s2l recovery if you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast email them to info at spring that's info at spring the number two life.net and for more information on addiction recovery visit s 2 lrecoveryorg the love of god is immeasurable